My mind is clearer now. At last I can see where we all soon will be. Welcome to Crudely Drawn Swords, the actual play podcast of high adventure, low dice rolls and intermediate levels of terrible puns. I'm your host and GM, Ben Moxon. You can find me on Twitter at Glenatron. You can find the music from the show at crudelyformedchords.bandcamp.com. I am surrounded by some of the greatest people who have ever lived. And by lived, I mean been part of this podcast. <laughs> you should get him on the mic. <laughs> and they are in no particular order. Uh, hi, I'm Gwyn. I play Percy. Ali. I'm Enigma. And I am in disorder. Uh, I'm Pete. I play Adam Eagle Ank, the gunslinger. Tristan uh, T. Wild. He's wild. Somehow also a gunslinger now. <laughs> oh my God, he's got two guns. <laughs> That's the Previously, thing. That's... we've only seen one person. He had one gun. That's my next character. And everyone's going to be wowed by Adam until they see my second gun. And everyone's going to be like, fuck that one gun, guy. This one's got two. <laughs> oh, my God. That guy's got two guns. I love how, how long we roll these in-jokes that are completely meaningless to our audience. I'm so sorry, everyone who listens. Not just for this, but really for everything. I think it's important that if people are going to be part of the show, like listening, they should they should have been listening back to us talking even before we were recording. Yeah. They can really get, really get, you know, the kind of long-running jokes. If they were real yeah, they friends, they'd be Are part you of really a crudely drawn swords fan if you weren't sat at a beach in like 1998 yeah. while Stu told a story about a spider, right? It was a good story and they'll never hear it now. They'll never know. <laughs> They'll never Once see the moon lifetime. set over the sea. And by the moon, we, of course, mean Yorkie's ass. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of the moon, when last we saw our heroes, they had collapsed the new realm of death, wherein the white lady, who goes by many names, had endeavoured to set herself up as a goddess ruling the power of death and increasing her own power by releasing a ghost statue army upon the world to kill anyone still living. Inexplicably, the Hawks were not persuaded to join her team. And in the end, through a bit of smart acting on the part of our heroes, they were able to open a gateway to the realm of death wherein the head of the grievous bureaucracy, a figure known as the final minister, emerged and assisted them in releasing the trapped dead of that dimension, leaving the white lady and her court in a non-space, trapped probably for eternity. We just don't know. But suffice to say, we won't see those guys again. <laughs> Seems unlikely. So they closed the gate and the final minister, a very ancient man, bowed with years, but wearing black armour and carrying a hammer and shield, offered to return the hawks to wherever they wished to be. And they suggested Arushar as an ideal destination. So I think we could pick up there 
One thing that I think we have established between episodes is that the final minister, in exchange for services rendered, has given you essentially something akin to permits to travel through the realms of the dead, which means that if you return there, you are able to pass through without invoking the wrath of his archons, which is hopefully useful. I might need that to get back home. (laughs) You may indeed. And these are like little obsidian seals, not as in the marine animal, Ali. (laughs) I was thinking like when they started to like back their little fins together, they'd shatter. That was my worry. That's the main reason that you got the kind of seal you used to make an imprint in wax instead. Right, right, right. Okay. So, I can pay you to a kiss from Rosa. You were led through into the city of Mother Death. And from there, into a room that you have previously entered, which was the lobby that you first arrived in. A couple of lamprey-headed functionaries seated Mm. there. And from there, you are returned through this sensation, not unlike the one you experienced before. Enigma, it feels completely normal for you, just like the way it feels when you step out from under a tree. That was completely normal. From under a bus. (laughs) (laughs) Out from behind the tree, I mean. Adam and Percy... You feel that feeling like having cold cobwebs draped across you and a sense of nothing. And then (laughs) you are in this marble-lined catacomb. Tristan, you have this sense of cold cobwebs draped across you as you step from the realm of the dead. A moment of absolute nothingness. But in that moment of nothingness, you hear a voice and the voice says, I hope you're paying attention back there. What I showed you was very important. And then you find yourself stepping into this marble-lined catacomb. Interesting. The room you're in is beautifully carved marble. It's carved with insignia of the church. It's very cool. It has a cave-like um, atmosphere. It's, in fact, it's also quite dark. So I assume some one of you brings out a lantern. I imagine Percy has one, uh, or or a candle. Oh. Keep that away. Oh no, you gave it away. Mm. Our trusty candle. Yeah. All out. We we'll just walk sadly in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> All these things that Ben's describing, we can't see. Yeah. <laughs> it's just completely lost on us. <laughs> yeah, so it is very beautifully carved. It's marble of good quality, and along each side of the corridor and the other corridors you pass are alcoves with the bones of the dead carefully arrayed on them. This is a catacomb. And you think that this is the catacomb beneath the temple of Asterope in Arishar, Percy. I think this is the catacomb beneath the temple in uh, Asterope in Arishar, you know. Of course, it all makes sense now. How can you tell? 
It's uh, something about the cobwebs and the feeling of nothingness. <laughs> you find your way to... There's like a central staircase leading up. As you ascend, the different levels grow kind of more crudely carved. <gasps> yes. We're home! <laughs> <laughs> crudely carved catacombs. Um, as you pass through into the older crypts. But at the top of this staircase, it leads up to a corridor that leads to like a caged door that is locked. Oh, this door's locked, so we're going to have to go back. <laughs> and from there, you can see like into the side of the temple. There is someone sat not terribly far away, dressed in priest's robes, on a bench off to one side reading something. And we've come from the catacombs behind a locked gate. You've come from the catacombs behind a locked gate, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Rattle the cage <laughs> slightly. <laughs> they like jump to their feet, drop what they're carrying, and run off. <laughs> make like a type noise. <laughs> they turn around. <laughs> we are like, your god. <laughs> <laughs> king, sorry, we are your king. Are you ghosts? Do we look like ghosts? Uh, you make made the ghost type noise. <laughs> we did make the ghost noise, yeah. That's uh, yeah. I can see how that would have thrown you. That you're coming out of the catacombs, and I haven't let anyone into the catacombs all day, so it's a bit creepy you being there, you know. Mm, yeah, let us out. Um, uh, or you'll pay! <laughs> you seem quite For 12 not... nights from now, we will visit you <laughs> as you sleep. <laughs> Seriously, though, mate, let, let us out. We're stuck in the catacombs. <laughs> oh, are, are you not ghosts? They like creep out and like kind of really cautiously reach for you and like. Like, try and touch your hand or whatever. Oh, if you want to grab them. <laughs> I was going to say, grab it, <laughs> slam it against the bars. Ghosts was a friend their own way out. Right. Oh! No, no, no oh. We're, we're not ghosts. We're not... You're, we're, no. You're, oh. we're, uh... Demons! Oh, that's even worse. Actually, demons are worse than ghosts. No, we're, we're not demons, no. We're oh, just... okay, phew. Hang on a second, that's what demons would say. Nah, can it's not. Prove, <laughs> can you prove that you're not demons? I'll lean out and stretch my arm out and slap him in the face. A demon would never do that! I'd have clawed your face off if I had eight claws. <laughs> um, if we were ghosts, then we would just float through the grates. We wouldn't say, excuse me, can you let us out? Yeah, alright, that tracks. So, so, uh, and they, like, pull out some keys from their thing and, like, cautiously, like, they're, like, trying to lean out of Tristan's reach as they <laughs> unlock this, like, big, hefty pattern. Padlock on the My arms are just flailing, it. trying to reach him. <laughs> oh, come here! Let me get my hands on you! We'll rip your head off! <laughs> <laughs> they like, lock it and then put another lock on. <laughs> what a weird way for the campaign to end. Like, stuck <laughs> behind a grate. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> in spite of the fact that one of you can explicitly pick pretty much any lock and another one can teleport. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, we could get out of this. 
We've turned over a new leaf since our time in the land of the dead. We want to do. We've gone legit now. We've gone straight. It just seemed rude. Yeah. So, so they like unlock the door and let you out and go. Um, if you don't mind asking, why were you in the catacombs? In the dogacombs. <laughs> um. We well, you know, we travelled through the land of the dead, and um, this is kind of where we popped out. Long story short. We're in the catacombs. Okay. This... Oh, I'm only joking with you. We were going just down to do. We go. We go down and do inspections every now and then. We lock the door behind us, so no one would follow us, and they lost the key. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, all right. That makes a lot of sense, actually. That that happened to Urk uh, the other day as well. Yeah. Catacombs, all still there. Yeah. All still fine. Everything still dead. Excellent work. Nice work. <laughs> exactly what we'd hope. Thank you very much. Yes. Um. Um. We usually expect a tip when we... Um, yeah, we were told that. we could uh, expect payment on the way up, so... I'm, I'm sure that's... Give, give, give. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, well, I think you'll have to talk to the Blessed on the way out. I've, I've uh, actually renounced all uh, money as part of my priest aspirant training, so I, I definitely can't help with you. Good work, kids. I'll pull out a gold and flick him a gold. <laughs> <laughs> you've, earned, you've earned this. So, like... Uh, uh, thanks. I, I, mm, no, I, I'll, uh, I'll tell your boss we paid you. You did a good job. No, please don't. It's the least we <laughs> could do. No, honestly, stop being so, like, what's the word? What's the opposite of vain? What am I thinking of? I don't even know the word. <laughs> Weird you wouldn't know that word. Yeah, no. Stop being so humble. You've done a good job. He deserves to know you've had a tip. No, no, please. You'll, we'll get in trouble. And so after you pass through, they're locking up the doors behind you. And they say, if if you will want to speak to the Blessed, I believe she's in her office. As they kind of return to their seat, watch for a while as you walk before and try while they're trying to like sort out their papers, but kind of keeping an eye on where you're off to as well. We'll walk out and phase through the wall. <laughs> Make us all step into shadow. <laughs> So, yes, you have reached Arishar, and you're in the Grand Temple, which feels really bright after the catacombs, even though it is generally quite dark. So, where where do you seek to go now? What's your first thing you want to sort out now you're here? Oh, what a, my property! My property that was being refurbished! Let's go and check that out! You do have the Bard's Retreat. Yeah, let's go and check out that. Let's see how it's doing. On our way through, that's where we can get some lodgings at least. Yeah, sure. Where were we meant to be going to, like, deal with an underground dragon? We still need <laughs> sleep, Enigma. Fine. <laughs> some more than most, this podcast will confirm. <laughs> um, so, we are making for the Minstrel's Retreat. As a kind of backup, yeah? No. I can't remember which it was. We're making for the Bard's Retreat. The Bard's Retreat. No, there was also the Minstrel's Rest. Minstrel's... Oh, I thought it was like the Minstrel's Reprieve or something. There's a lot of musician-related locations. Oh, this one. Yeah, we're back in town. The, the Hawks are back in town. Hey! You make your way out into the streets and onto the morning side. Jeez. It's pretty bright. Although it is almost a year since you were last here. Wow. 
feels like longer. Feels longer. Yeah. It, it really does, doesn't it? Mm. So, Adam, the thing you notice is that as you come out, firstly, it's very bright, it's very warm. You're in a kind of a real Mediterranean climate. And the city has these tall white walls around the outside. And around the walls are, at slightly uneven intervals, these great towers. You are walking out into a hexagonal island in a canal waterway that is running full of fairly clean looking water and Tristan needs you over a bridge and into the streets around to a tavern that has a sign it says the Bard's Retreat and underneath it is a portrait of Tristan Wilde <gasps> looking very handsome not lifelike then <laughs> hey. banter although his broken nose is more obvious in this Oh, old commissioned artwork. <laughs> well, when you got it done, Dawn you probably Rina. hadn't yet got your nose fixed. And been to the nose guy. Yeah, and so it's closed because it's relatively early in the day. But you like bang on the door and Cal Tucker comes out. <laughs> big, big chunky guy comes out. Very broad shouldered, very large built. A little overweight, but also muscular. He has a beard, headscarf, and he he kind of opens the door and his face lights up and he says, Tristan, you come Carl! back! And he like hugs you. Yeah, I'll give him a big one. Clapping hands. How's business, my man? All the insurance came through. Everything oh, after you yes. left, things fell into place. We got it up, done up nice. You'll be Quincy. glad to know. It's looking amazing. <laughs> So, yeah, it, it does look really nice in there. Oh, it's good to be back. It, it's kind of... Uh, what's the decor like inside? Now it's been done up, Stu. Uh, I mean, we've used a lot of... We've we realised that we could put a lot of the money that I've been um, money laundering into gold. So we've decked <laughs> out gold and plinths and stuff and beautiful lush. We've really invested and uh, really worked out. Imagine a really nice Weatherspoons. Yeah, basically, yeah, that's like uh, pretty a accurate. really elaborate carpet <laughs> for no particular reason. Yeah. Toilets are fucking miles away. <laughs> like nine stories tall, and all the toilets are at the top. Yeah. Or the bottom, because those at the top are too convenienced. So I wanted to put some at the bottom as well. It's like there's a big spiral staircase to the top. <laughs> uh, you get there and then you go down a smaller spiral staircase inside it all the way back down. Go down a slide into the basement. <laughs> it's, uh, Before like you a... use these toilets, you must answer these questions three. <laughs> a 500 metre fireman's pole to get back down to the floor. <laughs> ah! In the shape of Tristan's cock. Yeah, it's really good fun. After the first few trials, you realise that a fireman's pole only really slows you down for about 10 to 15 feet. Yeah. <laughs> there were quite a lot of casualties before. A very good solution for a drinking establishment. Yeah. We've had a handful of incidents of people just falling to their deaths down the hole. But surprisingly good eggs benedict. <laughs> so yeah, it, so it sounds very luxurious. Yeah, we'll take the five, four of the penthouse rooms... At the very top, with the best views over Arashar. Oh, next to the toilets. 
Yeah, we actually have <laughs> toilets. <laughs> the toilets are actually en suite. <laughs> you know, it's like double double purpose, basically. Each five rooms you buy gets you one en suite. <laughs> so we're really, really catering to the higher clientele of Arashar. The ones that really <laughs> like to get a lot of rooms and pee often. <laughs> it's big money. I saw an opening in the business and I took it. So so what I'd like I'd like to suggest that maybe this like penthouse is like a little rooftop courtyard with rooms off it on each side. Nice. nice. That'd be pretty cool and so you can kind of hang out there and you've got a view across the city and it's pretty lush. It's very comfortable. This is a step up from your usual accommodations. Finally got somewhere, team. We finally did it. <laughs> yes. This looks really nice. Ah, Tristan, have you, have you considered maybe um, the addition of an infinity pool? Oh, yes. That is a genius I knew they all the rage. Yeah. Adam, you must know some people that can build that for us. Um, no, I wouldn't really. I wouldn't. Yeah, but we've got the hell pass now, so we can pop back, find the people that you live with, and then ask if they've got some contacts it's true uh i did know some people who were the masters of engineering true he loves <laughs> right. yeah this would be the first infinity pool in our world as well mm. it would be maybe this yeah. is where we're starting a trend this is yeah, maybe this is, this is where it was invented ships. yeah <laughs> oh my god infinity pools are closed uh temporal loops Shit. <laughs> oh my god, an infinite loop in time. Yes. <laughs> They're actually to... called Eglank Pools. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to talk to Anne before Axe about this. Hey, uh, so. <laughs> you, so. You know how in the past all the pools have been finite? Well, let yeah. me tell you this idea. <laughs> <laughs> so we come back and there's just infinity pools everywhere. Ah, this is the life. <laughs> All the baddies have infinity pools. Ah, oh, damn it. Why didn't I give my magic to good people? <laughs> also, I think in this, you do probably have like a little fountain in your roof garden. That seems legit. It's no infinity pool though. No infinity pool. It's because they haven't yet been invented until now. Does it have a statue that's peeing into it? <laughs> Stu will tell us. Maybe. Yeah, it does. It's going to have a, yeah, I think it needs to. It, no, there's a, there's a stone, a, a stone knee that's peeing off the roof into the fountain, <laughs> while saluting our sharp. Oh, I thought we'd have his guitar up in one hand, dick in the yeah. other. <laughs> the bard salute. <laughs> Actually, the fountain, the pee doesn't go to the fountain; it goes straight off the building into the streets below <laughs> to show my disregard for them. My contempt. <laughs> it's the building's now called the Bard's Contempt. <laughs> <laughs> I built it in the poorest part of town, and it's just this <laughs> tower of gold. <laughs> Every few days, someone steals the gold off it, and you have to yeah. replace it. It's unbelievably expensive, but luckily, it's very yeah. successful. It's really so. gentrified the area. Yeah, but when you're making 2k gold a spell, it really, you've got to spend it, otherwise people start asking questions. And so, yeah, as you look across the town, you can see over to the University Tower and the Guard Tower, and looking up towards the platforms on the north of the town, even from here, you can see the Antikythera 
by Gottes just view. whirling unbelievably fast up there. It's just a blur. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, that thing's, that thing's moving there. What's that machine? That's a toilet, Adam. Have you never seen this before? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have them in the land of the dead. Come with me, lad. Let me I'm show you. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, we should probably go and inspect that a little closer later on. Um, so that's an ancient device that was counting down to... Well, it's counting down to something, but we now know, I suppose, what it's counting down to, and that is this sort of reckoning that we're heading towards. It had remained static for a long, long time, and um, yeah, now it's not. So, uh, guess things are close. Yes, it's fine. <laughs> Might just be measuring someone's dinner cooking. I'm still not particularly clear on whether it was tracking um, the time towards that reckoning happening, or whether it's having a hand in um, bringing it about. Um, I can't quite. So perhaps we can go and have a look and try to sort of determine that. Box make time move. Could you ping it on the map, Ben? Is it this massive thing up here? It's that thing there, yeah. Wow. It's big. Uh, we did a gig there once. That overstates its size a little because it needs to be visible on the map, but it is like five metres across or so, as like an astrolabe. It would look like an astrolabe if it wasn't spinning incredibly fast. But it's also quite a, a way off because you're like over here. Wasn't just behind it where the the big gig happened. In front of it. It was just in front of it. Yeah, okay. the big platform here. Yeah, mm. <laughs> that big open area rather than the rocks next to the. Yeah, well, I thought we wanted, oh yeah, behind I wanted to stand the on the walls, but I wasn't allowed. I remember. Couldn't get all the <laughs> kit up it. to the roof. <laughs> well, isn't your sister still here? Megma, uh, she's still here. I'm here. She's she's what sister? Enigma's not my sister, sister Percy. <laughs> oh, this is where the confusion. Uh, yeah, uh, I, no. I thought all this oh, all this time. No. So, Kristen oh. oh. is my sister. <laughs> I believe he was talking about your sister, and I'll go all conspiratory. Jasmine, I won't know your Jasmine. <laughs> what are you even talking about? <laughs> Does your sister live here? Sophia? I don't have a sister. Oh okay, God. if you didn't have a royal sister, would she be here? What? There's somebody that we know that lives in the university tower that uh, we can go and uh, might be worth Oh, with. that dull one with the books. That's the one. <laughs> He's not my sister. Mm. She's just deluded. Saffron. <laughs> I never met Saffron, her before. That's the one. We've got a base to work from now. <laughs> never met her in your life. Except that time. But do know weirdly many details of things she used to do when she was a kid. Just it's for just no, a... That's just because you're good at surveillance. Yeah, I mean, you can just guess. I mean, you can just tell just by looking at her, you know? <laughs> and she seems to have the same power of you. Like, she says the same things. Uh, she can guess what your childhood was like, too. Very strange. Yeah. Except she also yeah, but says she's that wrong. you're her sister. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> usually that's what's led us to that <laughs> conclusion. <laughs> Enigma will never give ground. <laughs> so you have time in the town, and there are definitely places to visit. The plan we were talking about before you got distracted by the white lady was that you were going to set up Hector with a raid on history. Like, I think that was part of your next plan. 
Yeah, what was our purpose for doing that, though? Um, Lols. It was to seed ancient tomes to persuade him to come and help you out here. Yeah. Rather than... But to do to do what? To fight the drake? To fight the drake when it comes. That's right, yeah. Because there's a significant amount of ice magic there, which might be just the thing for fighting an entity of living fire, which the drake may well be by this point. Hmm, okay. And so to recap, the drake was off killing other drakes, wasn't it? It was killing the dragons beneath, yes. Did we think that there was one up here somewhere? Somewhere below here, you believe, is the dragon Ramnilan. Fucking name. Ramnilan. <laughs> <laughs> now I see why Pete's joined in. Big reveal, second dragon on the way. <laughs> it's all right, because he's a vegetarian. <laughs> yeah, so, so it was try and prevent the order of the world being totally torn to pieces so that you can assume the position of power granted by the goddesses and reshape the world and bring on an age of reason. How hard can it be? Easy. Um, so as we're sitting down then, like, so, so team, here we are. Um, and I think the, the next steps are to I don't know, probably ensure that um, the, the Drake heads here on our terms, build some kind of coalition to engage it. That seems like... Uh, perhaps we want to go and have a look at the Antikythera and do some thinking about that, but it's counting down towards something and we're planning on bringing that about, then maybe that's the event that's going to start sort of tearing things up um, and bring about the, the council after it. I dare say we can go and see this um, friend of ours from the University Tower to try to give us a bit more information on the drake that's beneath here to help um, establish the the time at which, well, Banbury essentially, uh, will come and uh, engage with it uh, and perhaps more information on what it does and what it is and anything from there. But um, and Maybe where it is? Yeah, and where it is perhaps, yeah. Uh, and so, in the meantime, if we're going to go back and generate ourselves an ice army to face it here, then um, any sort of bright ideas as to the kind of things that we want to be leaving? Um, now, I know from my past that myself and Hector began working on certain tomes to try to sort of decode what the Antikythera was uh, pointing towards and looking at other bits of knowledge that were perhaps um, forbidden by the church so we could try to sort of sneak some things into those sorts of, of sources but what is it we want them to say and what, where do we want them to, to lead him and is there anything else that we want to sort of seed in the past to help us with this who's up for starting a cult so we could go and find out some information about this drake, hop back into history, sort of seed the beginnings of a cult that is set up to attempt to sort of tend to the the drake and um, has some kind of doomsday aspect where it's building towards this, uh, and then allow that to sort of tie into what Hector's been doing down the south, 
um, so that uh, everything comes together in one big final prophecy. We can start a, count, a counter cult as well that wants to fight the cultist of the dragon. Yeah, that so seems we'll counterproductive. Some, uh, uh, counterproductive, yeah. but um... I'll make him really rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Just make it harder for Hector, so he he feels like he's got to work for it. So he really feels he earned it. <laughs> There's no reason not to do a cult. Could be fun. But if we go and try and find the location of this Drake, find out some more information um, on it. I guess if we've got the name, then perhaps we know a little bit about. The, the last drake that got eaten where we were that was what was left of what's his face the earth singer yeah we have his diary still yeah so presumably this drake is gonna be like ramnilam the previous earth singer so we can find out a little bit about um him or her then hop back to some time to empower whatever aspect that Drake happens to be doing stuff with. Maybe facilitate the binding of Elumbriar through the cult. <laughs> to what end, though? Well, we know that uh, Hector has done that, um, and that is where his power over ice is derived from. So if the, the cult are custodians of that in some way, then it may mean that we could get Hector to use that power in the way we want it to um, and then have the cult unlock it again to uh, reset everything once done yeah some kind of prophecy so that when Hector brings his army here it will reveal the true leader of the ice army and surprise it was us you're gonna fight for us now <laughs> yeah. we'll put on like a hat and a moustache and we'll do like <laughs> I'd have a red rose in the top yeah. pocket. <laughs> Enigmatic pictures through time, so when they're like the true leader of the Ice Watchers, or weirdly precise, a prophecy. Oh, that is really funny. You're like, when you pass the gate, you shall see, and by these three signs, you shall know the time is right. And then yeah. you just set up those signs as they walk into town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just go full Darren Brown on it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll need a giraffe. <laughs> like, this yeah. seems very implausible. Holy cow, a giraffe! <laughs> there it is. It's just a sign. It's just like a street sign that says <laughs> the time is right. Hector, this way! <laughs> the, the giraffe. There it is! I see it now! Yeah, maybe something that says if you bring your ice army to Arashar at this point, then this will happen and we make sure whatever this is is something beneficial to us. Bring cream eggs. Uh, be be nice about your conquest. Don't kill everyone. Well, he's got Ullumbriar bound, so if we have some prophecy that says this is the final act that um, needs to happen in order to um, transcend, uh, then he needs to defeat fire Yeah. and lead his followers into that, then that would provide motivation for him to bring things up here. Effectively get him into mm. trick him into a war with the Drake that he's I guess yeah. he was already in, but now he's just kind of yeah. cowering, isn't he? So we want to trick him into action. Tell him he's got guaranteed victory, that kind of thing. Give him a yeah. magic feather. Yes. As long as you hold this magic feather, you cannot be yeah. defeated. You know, that classic story. Turns out <laughs> it was you all along. Yeah, but if we're doing that from time gone by, then uh, 
the game will already be up on that because you know he will go he will already experience this yeah but like you say if it's something about get to Arashar for this date um, the, but he already knows something's happening at the Antikythera or that it's clicking down to something yeah 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 I mean we can write a prophecy that says um, you know what if we set the Antikythera like an alarm clock and it was us who set it off all along yeah I was gonna say He's already following a prophecy to the Antikythera. Let's just write that Antikythera, make sure it <laughs> yeah, exactly. does happen, and then we've done it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if we write something in that says that uh, he will know that the time's right by the yeah. rising of the Drake or something like that, um, and that's the point that he needs to sort of retreat beyond his barrier and consolidate. And maybe you want to say that he needs to get a wardrobe up to Arishar. Oh, yeah. Seeing as we've previously established that they can use wardrobes to transport themselves. None of your business. In fact, yeah, maybe tell him to plant the seed of a... Yeah, there could be something about planting the seed of the cult in Arashar so that by the time we arrive here, we've got some connections we can talk to with a magical football and... I don't know. Ice football. Oh, he's never seen Adam. He's never seen Adam. Let's use something about Adam to be a contact for the cult to talk to when he turns up. And then here's the, here's the new face. We'll go in our old school disguises and never get seen through. He was a... I think he was a follower of um, Merope, the, the he Smith. He was, yes. Um, and Adam does carry some interesting pieces of technology, which we could sketch out. <laughs> And it will tie back to his world so we can start all the crazy shit in Adam's world as well. It's win-win, quite frankly. There's sort of nothing to lose. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> in that case, that seems... Yeah, that'll work. But, yeah. You got any thoughts on that, Adam? Uh, I'm just not sure what we're doing. Remember your king told us to help you to help us in any way we saw fit you're effectively our <laughs> servant so i'll flick adam a gold coin here yeah. buy yourself some lunch so um so the the earth singers that turned into dragons and were yeah. representing some different elements uh, around the uh, the great cat um are getting eaten currently by um the drake bambury bambury loops yeah um that is throwing everything um, well, that is going to mean that he consumes all the power um, and fire just sort of takes over everything and uh, everything's destroyed, I, I suppose. Right, um, right. So we need to um, we need to defeat that uh, or address it in some way to prevent the destruction of, of everything. Um, and I guess the, those sort of anchors uh, potentially sort of even go beyond this world because they're sort of what's just holding reality together. Um, so we need to find a way to like, pacify the, the drake to do that. Then we need to form some kind of army or coalition to uh, to fight him. Now in the meantime, we've made this sort of deal um, back with the previous sort of Seven Sisters so that when their time sort of comes to an end um, and when there's a council, uh, a big reckoning and uh, reforging of the world order, uh, then they will um, allow us to... Um, well, move the world on to a to an age of reason, and they mm -hmm. will support us in that. So when we've never been sort of particularly sort of clear on what the event is that um, forms that council, but um, 
a huge battle between the various pillars of reality um, might well do it, I would guess. So I'm going to sort of speculate that that's what the Antikythera was um, pointing us towards. So that's so we are trying okay. to form a coalition to fight against Banbury, who's pretty fat by now. Um, so that the um, and we will fight that into, I guess, the the, the tearing or the the the, uh, the the bringing about of this um, uh, of this sort of council and reckoning, um, whereby everything's broken down and we can reforge the rules uh, of the world. To do that, we need to pull together our army. Um, so what we're going to propose to do is sort of hop back through the lands of the dead, um, dip back through time to try to sort of seed things um, at, like set up that battlefield uh, in our favour um, and we will do that first of all by ensuring that Hector has got to where he is now um, and where he is now is having trapped Ulumbria, big powerful ice thing um, so that's quite useful in opposing fire um, and perhaps sort of starting some kind of cult or uh, sort of organisation that can facilitate our sort of end game of, uh, of bringing about that uh, that reckoning, which should be the culmination of the battle in some way. I think that might be the best I can do summary-wise. Excellent summary. So I th <laughs> think what we probably want to do is find out some step one, find out some information uh, on the the Drake that is around here, like where it where it is, what it represents, ha and a, a general sort of ETA either for what will bring Banbury uh, towards it, uh, or you know, if there's a, a a timetable according to the world of his, him coming down here anyway. So that's uh, step one. Go and talk to somebody in the university. Uh, so step two is um, hop back and sort of craft the beginnings of this cult and sort of set things into motion uh, from there. Probably sort of tangential to that is going to be sort of write some prophecies and slip them into the tomes so that the prophecy that Hector's currently following um, is of our making. Um, and once that is in place, well, I, I guess it uh, will be Massive gig! Put on a massive gig. That's the answer. <laughs> Activate this cult if it's not already, um, and then sort of head to wherever it is we need to head to for um, the end of time. <laughs> <laughs>
One of us is still up at six. But I think Look, I get Friday I have... off, don't I? Yeah, I expect so. Um... And the boss is off on Thursday, so I've only really got to work for two days. Yeah, so that's not too bad. And uh, I, to be fair, I had to be up at eight today, so you know, let's not. Uh, I woke up at eight o'clock let's, anyway. Let's not suggest for one moment that I haven't also known suffering in early mornings. Yeah, because eight is a lovely two-hour lay-in. Honestly, <laughs> if I could just do midnight to eight o'clock, I'd happily. I'd go to bed at midnight, get up at eight. I would be a happy man. Quinn's just cradling his uh, keyboard like a baby. That's his new phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is my phone. new telephone. Hello. It's Hello. Got Hello. Has, um, so much chocolate just underneath the F key. <laughs> that that's going to make it impossible to pay respect to anyone. I was going to say, Mel, <laughs> where did that even come from? What's this whole F to pay respect? It, it's Can a scene just... from a game. I don't know what game it is, but oh, it just has a yeah, scene with someone's that. coffin, and it's like press F to F pay pre- respect. Yeah. <laughs> that's, oh, that's a bit better. I've picked out some of the amazing. It's <clears throat> it's really uh, really gets to the horror and tragedy of war. <laughs> it's from uh, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. Ah, oh, there we go. There's a scene where your best friend has died in a war <laughs> in Korea, and you're, you're at the funeral, and then yeah, it destroys the whole poignant scene <laughs> of the scene. <laughs> when last we saw our heroes, they had destroyed. Excuse me, I, I just burped instead of offering instead exposition of there. Farted. Instead of farted. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the either or in question here. Pardon me for being so rude. It was not me, it was my food. Um, Stuart, why hello. are you flapping a pillow? I've got a little pillow stack. Now I can listen and sleep. Uh, <laughs> the best of both <laughs> worlds. <laughs> Amazing! This is going to be one of those episodes where other people get a word in edgeways. I know. Sorry ahead, guys. Sorry, guys. I've ruined the podcast. Stuart <laughs> apologises for the future. We apologise for the past. Everyone's sorry, and that's the way it should be. Um, with a couple of cup, <clears throat> with a couple of oh, with a little sippy faced... cup, <laughs> given a little cuppy. <laughs> With, with like a water cooler on one side, <laughs> a little coffee maker of bad coffee, and a single house plant, an informational poster about the good works done around the city by the bureaucracy. Ah, uh, Tristan's there with a pint of John Fish. <laughs> oh, the old Johnny Fish with a bit of lemonade. Johnny um, Fishy. Does it take the edge off the fish? Does. This one's not as fishy as the last one. Good Maybe news. you shouldn't have added tuna. Yeah, but so, it's such a musical fish. Is there a pun there about tune? Tuna? Sort of. Yeah, tune? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> they hate um, music, if anything. Can't yeah, stand it. It's their least favourite. Unlike um, soul. Yeah, or mm. halibut. Mm. 
funny because it's stupid. <laughs> it is stupid. That's true. So good, you've got this map as like a backup. Ah, uh, clever. Um, we we just we could just tell him. Got a lot to think about. Sorry. Yeah, don't get his back up. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> finally, <coughs> finally. Uh, God, it's very confusing having someone called other cast member <laughs> making comments in there. Uh... <laughs> Rising up. Back on the street, took my time, took my chances. That's the secret at the heart of crudely drawn swords. <laughs>